Welcome to In the Seams, a podcast by Broken and Mended, with your host, David Heflin. Well, hello, and I want to welcome our listeners back to In the Seams, and I am your host, David Heflin, with Broken and Mended. And I mentioned when we first started these podcasts, Oh, this is our third episode, so in our very first episode, that what I really hope to do is I don't want to just be—I don't want it just to be my voice on here. I wanted to have some people uh, come and join me and do some interviews and get to talk to people about issues relating to faith and illness and how how do we navigate illness and chronic pain uh, with uh, in in the midst of our faith and with God. And so today, fortunate to have our our first guest on this podcast, Nora Ellis. And I'll, I'll uh, welcome Nora here in just a moment. I want to tell you just a little bit about Nora and how we came to be at this point to have her on the show uh, with us this uh, afternoon. We're on a Friday afternoon, by the way, on April the 1st. And I don't know when you will be listening, but that's that's when we're recording this. I, I'll mention that I've known Nora a long time. I don't know exactly when we met, but I know that I was in Palm Springs, California, and that would have been about the mid-2000s. And Nora and her husband were uh, both, uh, you were both active Marines at that time, right, Nora? Yes, yeah, okay. we were both on active duty then. Yes, that's what I, that's how I remembered it. And the, you were at a nearby base, and uh, so you were a part of our church there, and y- your kids were uh, much, much younger than they are now. My my kids, I'm not even sure that all of them went, were in existence yet at that point, and so uh, that's that has been a, a few years, but we got to know each other in that setting. And uh, the way I remember it is, Nora, that you we reconnected on Facebook and you saw some things about the Broken and Mended ministry and reached out uh, to me to connect about that ministry in ways that you could could help and participate uh, in in that ministry. And I, I just want to say, you know, Nora is a professional editor. Uh, she is, um, she does great work and she helped us to do our, our leadership guide and our participants guide that we put out there for people to start their own support groups. And, uh, those, that went uh, really well. And I could not have gotten that done without Nora. Nora helped me in all the different phases of, of that process. And I had never been through anything like that before. And so I really needed that assistance. But Nora's also helped in many other ways. She has consulted with our board. Nora has also helped me develop materials for recruitment and sharing information and fundraising. And you, if, if it's a material that uh, Broken and Mended has put out, then Nora has probably had a part in that. And so that's just been such such a blessing. So Nora, let me officially welcome you to the show and it's so glad to to have you join us today. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you, David. And and thank you for such kind words because, you know, it's God had, you mentioned that we met 20 years ago and just reconnected on Facebook and it wasn't like I'm a faithful Facebook person. I'm on and off and the day that you had posted that you were preparing the material, I had really just been, you know, I just had an inclination that I should be on that day and had some time come open. And and when we met, like you said, I was in the Marine Corps and I was doing a very technical job working on electronic equipment. 
and had no idea that that would open up the path to me becoming an editor, let alone that we would be working on books, you know, (laughs) together. So it's just amazing to watch, you know, God work and, and open up doors and, and work his plan in ways that we don't even realize are coming together. I have experienced some of that in my life as well. I, I am curious since you kind of brought it up, if you were working on electronic equipment in the Marines and how did you discover this this ability and, and really what became uh, a start of a, a continuing career that's taken you uh, even out of active duty and as a civilian, how, how did you get into copyright? Well, not I don't know if you did copyright editing, that may be not the right term, but editing, professional editing. Yeah, I've been told I'm a better developmental editor than I am a copy editor. So copy editors will do line by line things. Um, They're looking for grammar, punctuation, sentence structure type things. And developmental editors will look at the big picture and see if all of the concepts fit together correctly. And believe it or not, I see that that is related to the work that I was doing in the Marine Corps in uh, repairing electronic components because it's all about how the pieces fit together and work together so mm. that the the whole thing operates the way it's supposed to be. And um, I believe that I could honestly say that because I, my chronic illness um, started while I was in the Marine Corps and I was no longer able to do the type of repair that I was doing because I lost dexterity in my fingers, like my hands wouldn't hold the equipment. Um, So that was one of the reasons why I I, um, was discharged from the Marine Corps. So like God was very clear that this was not a career path for me. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And, you know, just different, different opportunities would progress that way. And another door would open where, where one would close and just taking that in a step-by-step, you know, as opportunities develop way, we came together again. You know, you you mentioned, uh, I mean, I and I can just tell in the way you describe your own journey, your dependence on God, you're looking for Him to open and shut doors and make make His path, you know, clear before you. And and uh, I know even before you know, chronic illness became a factor in your life that that was, you know, that that has been the case. Uh, I, how was that challenged in in having chronic illness, or was it challenged, or? Uh, how did God, and, I, and I'm thinking especially at the beginning of your story, and maybe share a little bit about your experience with chronic illness and how it started, and and maybe how your relationship with God started to evolve uh, from that point. I believe, David, that our lives are so rich, and you and I talked a little bit before we, we hit the go button about how we are called as Christians to encourage each other and to um, just be there to support each other. And correct me if I'm wrong, I believe her name was Betty Stansberry. Yes, Betty Stansberry. I do remember her well. Uh huh. Yes, and I, I will, my, tear, my eyes will well up because Betty was such a wonderful, like, testimony of God's love walking on earth, you know, when, when I met her. And if you remember, Betty got cancer. Yeah, I remember it. And I would, 
Betty and I would talk about probably a half hour, 45 minutes um, every week after her diagnosis and she wasn't able to come to services anymore. And every one of our conversations, you know, she was in treatment and going through the transition of her body breaking down because of the treatments and the cancer and, and just every time we talked, she was such an encouragement to me. And I was just beginning, like I was in the beginning phases of my pain developing and facing, you know, the unknown, you know, as Mm -hmm. you start to get sick, you don't realize whether it's going to be something short term or whether it's something that's going to be lasting. It might just be a season or it might feel like it's the entire, you know, existence of your time on earth. You have no idea at that point. Right. And, and Betty and I would talk and she knew, you know, what her outcome was going to be. You know, she was older, she, you know, her, her, she had had a a rich, full life and, you know, her family was so close and they were just such an inspiration. And Betty and I would get off the phone and it would, you know, I would just feel so blessed by the scripture she would share and just her outlook and everything about Betty just exuded God's light. And that made such a huge impression on me as, you know, I, I started that walk of the unknown. And it almost is though, and, and for anyone that hasn't, like, um, caught up with the Facebook um, link that we had did on my original, like, big background story, right, right. Um, a lot of people in my family are also... Um, They've also been touched by cancer and chronic pain and and um, some organ failure issues. And and like every time that we have experienced something unexpected like that, God has always brought somebody into our life to prepare us for the next step of that journey. Mm. And Betty really like by looking back on on the time that I had on this earth with Betty like that really gave me the inspiration and the encouragement because it's almost like the scripture lives on earth. Mm-hmm. You know, we can read the words, but I don't think that it totally connects with us until we see it in life. Yeah, that's, that's powerful. And I, I'm very glad you shared that with me about Betty and, you know, it stirs up a lot of memories and I know these are Memories that you and I share that our, our listeners obviously won't necessarily uh, know about. Uh, Carol was her husband, and 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 Betty and um, Carol also. I don't know if you knew this, Nora. He passed away uh, oh probably a couple of years ago, maybe longer than that. You know how that can be. Um, but uh, he too has has gone on to to be with the Lord and uh, serve the Lord for for many many years. And you know, and I, I think you're so right about God putting people in our lives at the right moment. Um, you know, and I, I think back to my illness when it started, there was a guy in my church that had the same disease. In fact, had a much worse situation than I did with it because, you know, when he started, when they started out in like in the eighties with what he had, they didn't know how to treat it the way they do now. And his name is Joe and Joe's been with us on, he may listen to this or may not, I'm not sure, but, uh, he is involved in broken and mended and, uh, Joe's an amazing inspiration of faith to me. And, 
Uh, you know, and any time that I'm really down, I can call him and vice versa. And, and so I didn't know that about Betty and, and how important that was to you. Um, and, uh, you know, so I wanted to, you know, to ask, you talked about kind of when it all started and Betty was, you know, in your life. So there's a couple of things, a couple of threads there I'd, I'd want to pick up on. One just has to do with scripture because you and I both know Betty knew the scriptures very well. I had the privilege of looking through her Bible after she passed away and preparing to do a part of her, her family funeral. And I mean, the thing was, I mean, it was like highlighted and underlined and notes everywhere. I mean, she was in, in her word, uh, in the word all the time. And I wanted to ask you, cause I, I know just because of prior conversations we've had and prior co- correspondence we had about scripture and how it can minister to, I, I know it can minister to us and, every way it's not ever it's not it's never restricted from being able to minister to us in any situation but how specifically has it been helpful to you uh how how has it mediated god's presence to you in the midst of your your struggles with chronic illness we would go well over the 30 minutes (laughs) (laughs) Uh, i too i'm gonna i have if if it's okay i think i'll go with maybe three okay um in all of the individuals that have touched my life and like been an inspiration and in in an inspiration because of the way that they have walked with faith through their own pain journeys like the one verse that they have gifted me it's it's probably one that's mentioned more than any other and that's Psalm 13916 um it says your eyes saw my unformed substance in your in your book were written every one of them the days that were formed for me hmm. when as yet there was none of them and i believe that so many times we as human beings believe that you know our that our lives are out of control or there's no we don't see the reasons or we don't connect that we're a little part of this big picture that's playing out in front of us. But the scriptures say that each day that we experience, God already planned for us. And when we're dealing with chronic illness and just getting out of bed in the morning and you know, just the physical effort of rolling over or pushing yourself up to sit on the edge of the bed before your feet ever touch the floor. Those, those times can be so difficult and people that don't see chronic illness or don't see chronic pain, they can't really connect with that. Mm -hmm. And as we you know, try to, I think we all face times where we try to make sense of what's going on. And I don't think our human understanding will ever put us in the place that, that God sees of how important we are and that he's crafted every moment so that it leads us closer to him, but also that it leads others closer to him. Because if Betty hadn't had her journey with cancer, you know, just as because that's who we've been talking about, if she had not had her journey with cancer, I, I, you or I, neither one 
would have had the encouragement and the inspiration to, to like see the word come to life and to be able to hold on to that example of it can be done. We can move on. We can still find moments of joy and gratitude and appreciation for all the blessings, because a lot of times the blessings don't feel like blessings. Mm-hmm. No, not in the so, moment for sure. Yeah. So that's one verse that yeah. I think is really instrumental. Um, and then I think, and I don't remember, it was, um, it's someone that's, that's in the Brick and Amended group now. I believe it's the lady in Maryland. What, can you remind me of her name? Uh, Baltimore, Maryland, the Esther Smith. Esther. I think it was Miss Esther. We were talking one day and, and Esther had shared that, and, and please forgive me, Esther, if I'm misattributing, it might've been someone else. Um, but that's who comes to mind. Um, but they were sharing that they, some of their family members just seem to not understand, you know, they, they don't understand why, um, we can't go shopping with them or we can't go to a birthday party or we, you know, we're turning down an opportunity to come to dinner or things. And Hebrews five, two is one that comes to mind, um, that, that I think has been valuable to me in those circumstances where I've had to, to say no when my heart wants to say yes. And it says, who can have compassion on the ignorant and on them that are out of the way for that he himself also is compassed with an infirmity. And oftentimes I think we can be so wrapped up in our our situations, that it's hard for us to have the perspective that other people just don't understand. They can't connect. I, you mentioned Joe and knowing, you know, some of the details of Joe's condition and, and how much he still does, you know, Joe is still such a busy person Yes, he is. and you can tell, you know, in, in knowing the details of Joe's condition, like, his level of pain and the things that he works through on a physical level to stay as active and busy as he is, I will never be able to fully understand that. And it's okay for me not to understand that, but Joe grants me grace because he, he knows that no one else will ever be able to comprehend what he experiences and he just is open to to being that example and not necessarily you know some people may I don't know if judgment's the right word but it's almost like and I can see times in my life where I've where I have been guilty of my pain is so bad that day you know I just should lock myself in the bedroom because nobody needs to be around me then. (laughs) And, you know, Joe doesn't bring that. Like I've, you know, I don't have interaction with Joe all the time, but when I have, like, he does not bring that at all. Joe is very grounded in his situation and, and just accepting that others can't, can't be where he is. And, and I, I don't know, 
but I almost wonder if it's because he hasn't come to the understanding or if, I don't know if maybe he hasn't gained the understanding that we're not all given the same journey. You know, we weren't all given the same strengths or the same ability to, to carry the same load because we weren't meant to be. Yeah. Yeah. That's, he is, what, what amazes me about Joe and my interactions with him, as I mentioned, you know, we, even though we have the same disease, he suffers far worse than me. He never treats me like I suffer far worse than him. If that makes sense. He, he, yeah. he only wants to encourage, he wants to acknowledge the severity of whatever I'm going through. Uh, and for him, it just means something to share a journey, a, sh- a journey with somebody, you know, wherever they, they may be, uh, including wherever they may be with their walk with, with Christ, because he has brought a lot of people to Christ in his life through his faithful, his faithful testimony and living despite his condition. And, and maybe even we could say in some sense because of his condition, um, you know, and so. Right. Yeah. So that's that's cool. I, I, I didn't know you, uh, you definitely had a good read on Joe for the amount of time that I know you you spent with him, but uh, I don't want to cut you. He's, he's such a blessing. Yes. He, yes. Well, I'm going to have to make sure he listens to this now. He'll be, he'll be, <laughs> he'll be encouraged. So, well, and you know, that's, that's part of what it is. Like, you know, when we're really, uh, I don't know, it feels like, and maybe this is too mushy for some people, but like when you're walking, when you're walking the walk and like, you know, that, that you're where you're supposed to be, it's amazing how many people God will pick out and say, this is who you need to touch today. And how many people will touch you that day because you're open to it. Like when you're, I think when we can be at peace with where we are, there will be different individuals that, that come up to us and share their story. And it's just that he puts those people there for that mutual encouragement. And like, of course, you know, we live in America. So Walmart is the place that you meet everybody, right? (laughs) (laughs) And, and there are two instances that I can think of that. And this was after we started working on the book, David. Um, I was, I was working, I, I was out to get groceries one evening and I work, I work out of town a lot. So, you know, in the evening I'll just go in and like pick up something quick or whatever. And I was looking for, um, I think it might've been ketchup or something, but I have a lot of chemical sensitivities and believe it or not, I was, I was looking at whatever item I was looking for on the shelf. And this lady goes, isn't it crazy how many things they put in food that we don't need to eat? (laughs) (laughs) And that just started a conversation. Like it wasn't something that I would, you know, I would. I felt that I had things to do that evening. I thought I was in a hurry. We must have sat there and talked for 45 minutes. And just the, the, the encouragement that she needed or that, you know, she said that I gave her, you know. It's, but she was such an encouragement to me because she had information that she had gained through her journey that really helped me move forward from it from moving to the level of sensitivity that I had at that time to where I am now that, you know, I can be exposed to a lot more things and not have my system react as, as, as severely. Yeah. (laughs) And that, you know, you don't expect those things. They just pop up. (laughs) Right. 
right. <laughs> and then another time I had um, a dear friend that she was she had had some kidney issues and I was checking out at Walmart and there was a lady there and her husband actually had been admitted to the hospital that day and he was had went into septic shock and just like you could you know some people you see and you can just see that they're distraught and to take the time and at, I believe this was this was probably 1130 at night you know it wasn't a, I was traveling you know um, back to my residence and it was it was I travel late at night sometimes so it's the middle of the night there's nobody else in Walmart we must have stood there for an hour and a half and like the the experience that her husband was having my friend had just went through that like three weeks before and that was just another time of God like putting the people there you know, that had the encouragement, the information, the knowledge that you need because they've walked part of that journey before. And none of us have the same experience. Do you agree? Kind of like you're talking about with you and Joe. Like, none of our experiences are exactly the same. No, no, they're not. Um, And Dallas Willard calls these kind of meetings that we're talking about today, uh, you know, divine appointments. And, you know, you know, that's a beautiful term. I I think so. Yeah. And it it just has always kind of stuck with me because I want to have that mentality to who does God have a divine appointment with for me today? Uh, And I'll admit, I don't always want to have that mentality. I mean, I, okay, there's a part of me that wants that. And there's a part of me being introverted as I am that, you know, I, sometimes I just want to stay in my own little world um, and, and I might miss an opportunity, uh, but not just an opportunity to encourage uh, others, but also to be encouraged. And a lot of times and like these conversations and stories that you're sharing, it is is very mutual. Uh, we're able to like the lady you shared about in the, in the grocery store. It sounds like you both came away with something very precious from that encounter. And isn't it amazing? Like the scriptures tell us that's how it works. But it it doesn't, you know, you can read the book, but I think that if we don't live the book, it becomes a lot harder for, especially the world we're living in right now, where we've been, you know, we've all been holed up for two years. Yeah, it's been rough times. <laughs> like hiding behind masks. You can't yeah. tell if people are smiling or if they're frowning. <laughs> yeah, it's been different, hasn't it? Um, hey, you, you mentioned three scriptures though. And so I don't want to, I want to make sure we get that other, that other scripture. Do you remember what it was? Um, it's also in Hebrews. So maybe these, these just all count together. Uh, they, I, I'll confess I've been called to be an isher at church because, you know, you'll start in one scripture and it kind of runs a little bit before and a little bit after. So let's just say Hebrews five, five ish, because okay. it's like two and seven, three. <laughs> okay. <good. laughs> um, so who in the days of his flesh, when he had offered up prayers and supplications with strong crying and tears unto him that was able to save him from death and was heard in that he I think that's feared. I wrote it down instead of opening the book. And through he were a son, yet he learned obedience by the things which he suffered. Um, so, go ahead. No, no, I, I was just thinking, um, I don't want to interrupt your, your train of thought there, but, you know, Hebrews 5 sounds like a good place for 
us to encourage our listeners to camp out and spend some time in prayer and reading. It sounds like there's just a lot of great, great things there for us to consider as Jesus has obviously, he's obviously intimate with suffering and in ways that we couldn't even imagine. And yet that allows him a, a sense of relatability to us that would not have been possible had he not suffered as he did. And to think about the value of suffering, like as the son of God, he could have wiped it all away. He turned water to wine. You know, how many people did he bring back from death? Mm. So to think that he understood that coming to earth and living in the flesh and having the experiences that we have it has to bring us closer to what God has intended for us. Or he wouldn't have given that to a son, right? Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. Um, there's a lot of great things about, because I'm thinking there's some good stuff in Hebrews 4 as well. Um, you know, about, in fact, it's I'm, all about the ish. <laughs> it is. Yeah, the ish, yeah. <laughs> Because I'm looking back at Hebrews 4.15, and it says, For we do not have a high priest incapable of sympathizing with our weaknesses, but one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet without sin. And so there, of course, the the verse is more about his ability to relate to our temptations. Um, but weakness can speak of many things in our lives, and certainly illness is one of them, and, and suffering. And and so I think we just to take a lot of comfort from the Incarnation and the fact that Jesus was in the flesh and suffered and learned obedience through suffering and and we can follow him and you know in that example so just a just a great passage for for people to to dwell on and uh, and I want to encourage our reader readers sorry our our listeners uh to to go back and spend some time in Psalm 139 and spend some time in you know in Hebrews 5 um and Nora I wanted to pick up on something else you said you've actually said it several times today talking about the word coming to life it reminds it reminds me of something i used to work for a ministry called let's start talking and and then i also have went on many mission trips both before and after i worked for let's start talking and and they had this principle that we wanted to keep the word as a teacher but just as important to that they would say is that we are the illustration and they were talking about our our personal lives and and the people that we were connecting with and and sharing our story so the word is the teacher and we are the illustration. And so we've talked about some illustrations of God's word today in, in Betty and in Joe and in these other people that we've referred to. And I think it's just a reminder and an encouragement to all of us to, to strive to be the, be the illustration of God's word in our life in whatever we're encountering and whatever we're going through. Uh, and ask God to help us to do that because it's not easy. Uh, we, we know there are times like you just talked about earlier where maybe right now is not a great time for me to be around anyone and I need to spend some time, you know, in the room or I need to spend some time by myself. And, and so certainly we are sympathetic to those, those circumstances, but uh, ultimately we are looking for what God is doing in our life and our relationships with our, with other people and, and how we might learn obedience through what we're going through. So I just appreciate you bringing those scriptures to our attention today. Thanks, David. I'm, I'm so glad he gave them to us. Yeah, absolutely. And there's many more where that came from and, and being, yeah, so, <laughs> yes. yeah. Um, 
you know, Nora, I, I know I, you know, we talked about the 30 minutes. I, it's not a strict rule. I do. I will not let us go much longer today, but I, I did want to, I did want to pick up on one thing before we start to wrap up because I, I think this could be an important thing and a very practical thing for, for what people are going through with their chronic illness and whether it be in the beginning as it often is, or, you know, or it could still be a problem in the middle or a little bit later into their chronic illness. But we talked beforehand about diagnose diagnoses and, and how we sometimes hold on to those. And we feel like we need that, that label. And, and if we don't get it, uh, maybe, and I'm just thinking out loud here, maybe we feel like we need it because it, if we put a name to it, it gives some kind of credibility to what we're going through. Uh, we don't feel like we're going crazy as much. Uh, or, or maybe we need it because it's, it makes it easier to Google for, but for and everything in between. Uh, but uh, we, you had a perspective on that earlier that w- we were talking about that perhaps diagnosis is not the most important thing as we are, are wrestling uh, with our chronic illness. Would you mind ex- expanding upon that a little bit from what we talked about earlier? I, I if I remember correctly, we were talking about um, how much of our journey is the same, no matter what the name is. And I think it becomes even more true as we look at what they're calling long, what is it? I think there's even like midterm COVID now in long-term COVID. Uh If you look at the symptoms that are being, I'll say promoted or um, associated with, you know, this diagnosis, those symptoms are very similar to the, the symptoms that people with Lyme disease have oh, wow. or people with the Epstein-Barr associated illnesses. And like when it comes to, I think, especially the autoimmune diseases, uh, many of those will present the same, you know, with very, very similar symptoms. And when we're looking at and I'm, I'm going to just say inflammatory diseases, you know, and not as a, a, any type of scientific anything, just the layman's language, right. <laughs> like right. the things that make us swell and have our joints hurt and, right. you know, our, <laughs> like so many of those things are related as far as symptoms and names. And, and if you go through the, is it the Mayo Clinic list of, you know, if you have this, check the box and see what comes out on the other side, almost like you're doing the, a lottery or something. Right. <laughs> kind of a symptom like, checker. Yes. Like, and, you know, when we're first starting to get sick and we notice these things, it's almost like the thing that you look for is the thing that you're going to get. So even if you have the, like, you notice that these symptoms are associated with this name then you'll start to look at that name a little bit more and then you'll notice, oh, there's another symptom that pops up. <laughs> right. So, I, you know, it's really, it's hard, I think, for us to, especially when we're first getting sick and doctors are throwing around, you know, I'm, I, I, if I remember correctly, David, you got the MS test and, you know, there's the arthritis tests and like there's how many of these panels and, you know, you go to this specialist and that specialist and depending on which specialist you see, they have a different name for it. And it's so overwhelming. Yes. And I, I think you said 
it to me it's almost though as though I think you said going crazy and it is because we think oh well maybe this is in our head and I think in some ways it becomes it it gets into our head whether it started there or not and I think I wish that I would have maybe considered sooner that I I can have my experience and God has given it to me as a gift and I don't need anyone else to validate it. Mm, and awesome. that has been something that I just recently have like in, in my journey, that concept has just recently come into my consideration because, you know, when people, especially those of us with invisible illnesses, you know, we don't look sick. So right. everybody thinks everything is okay. Right. Um, when you're hobbling into the in, into the grocery store or the post office or, you know, all of the errands that we, we run on a daily basis and people are like, why are you moving so slow? You know, why are you hunched over? You know, hmm. everyone. But then how many people don't even think about it? It's just in our head. Like we feel as though people perceive us that way. Because so many of us do have invisible illnesses, and we know we have it, but nobody else does. Right. So I think that that, I don't know, it's it's just thoughts that I, it's me rambling. <laughs> no, they're good, they're good thoughts, because I know a lot of people get frustrated with um, the whole diagnosis process, you know, and I, I, I've known even some people, I, I wish there was a conversation recently where I was talking to someone where for several years, I think it's someone from my church, and we were talking, and then for several years they had the assumption that it was going to, that there was this one diagnosis, but then some new information came to light, and it it changed everything. But the but like you said, it's there's still a unified journey or process that that person's going through and discovering more about what they need to do to address their illness. And, and this person in their case, even though I can't remember the details of the illnesses, but they were not devastated by it, by this change for them. It was good news because it was hey, now we can, now we can treat this more effectively, the more we know. Uh, and, and so that's a very practical approach, you know, and I, I've lived with a diagnosis of ankylosing spondylitis since 2012, but every once in a while, a doctor will say, you may have psoriatic arthritis. And in, in some ways, doesn't really matter because what we're trying to do is find the combination of treatments that's going to work best for me and, and, and enable me to bear up with this as best I can and, and to live with it faithfully like we've been talking about uh, you know and I but early on I was more attached to having to have the diagnosis name and felt like you know if I if somehow that was taken away from me you know once I had it you know and, and then that somehow was a almost like a threat and I, I've kind of, as I've lived with this long enough, I really, I don't care about the label so much because it's not my identity anyway. And, and I, and that's something I've always tried to stress to people through our broken amended material is yes, this is serious. Yes, it is life changing, but it is not your identity. We have a, a, a greater identity than, than our illness. Um, so I, I think we'll uh, kind of bring this to a close, Nora, and I want to thank you for, again, for being with me. I thank you for all your help in the ministry in general, but also just for being with me to, uh, today and sharing some of your story and some of your perspective. It's actually uh, just been a lot of fun to talk to you and, and encouraging. Um, and so thank you very much. And I, I will just say for our listeners, you know, that 
uh, again, and I'll try to, we're going to try and put some stuff in the show notes. We haven't done that before, but I, I'll put our website there, but it's pretty easy to remember. It's brokenandmended.com. And from there, you can find out information on how to join our support groups and, you know, and what, and how to get in our Facebook group or whatever else that you might need that we're connected to, including our podcast is listed there uh, as well. Uh, so you can, and of course, if you're listening to this podcast, that means you've already found it, uh, but it's there on the website as well. So Nora, thank you. And uh, we, we'll, we'll do this again sometime. That sounds great, David. It's always a pleasure to visit with you. All right, Nora. Well, you have a good, you have a good evening and I wish our, our listeners well as as well and we will try to be back in a couple of weeks uh, perhaps with another guest